Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus all right, you're listening to Spits and Suds, and it's time where we get to know Brian Ray of Valley Sports Southwest. Not only is he a passionate dog lover, my sources tell me that I can ask him anything about cowboy mouth, and would that be true, sir? Yeah, well, you know what? When we were, when we were joking before we, before we started this, how you did your information, the, well, the cowboy mouth reference Not bad, huh? is that strong. I mean, I don't know who you paid for that. But the, the dog lover is obvious because my 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 Australian Shepherd Ginger is all over my social media. Uh, she's a complete diva. But the cowboy mouth, I'll give you, I'll give you full marks for that. That's a serious reference. <laughs> well, I try. And if you don't know if, if, if and anybody who's listening, if you don't know who Cowboy Mouth is, they are a rock band from the late '90s. Yes, never quite made it. Phenomenal live show. Um, I have a very, very long history going back to when I was maybe 12 or 13 years old with this band, my all-time favorite band, but they are, they just didn't quite make it, Mm -hmm. man, did I have a lot of fun with this band for the last 25 years of my life. So I was looking for tour dates to see if Brian Ray was going to be able to go see Cowboy Mouth um, out of season. And uh, nothing close to real Texas, but they did say, if you would like us in your town, click here. So, I mean, get a little private show sure. maybe going. Right. Well, I'm, 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 well, I don't, I'm not going to pay into the <laughs> private show. I'm not going to do that. So, so this, you may, you may lose every listener right here because they're going cowboy who? No, so, I mean, this is why we, no, you know, no. it's, it's kind of, it, it's, we, we, you know, we, we dive in with our guests and we love to find out these interesting tidbits that maybe aren't talked about otherwise. 
so I'm I'm a '90s music buff. '90s, early 2000s. That 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 was sort of my my heyday. But I have older siblings, so I know more about '80s music than I probably should. Okay. Um, but but so the, the song was Jenny says it was 1997. That was their their single, their hit. All right, and you know if you go and listen to the song, oh yeah, I remember that one hit wonder partially from the '90s. Mm-hmm. So here here here's the. The thing with Cowboy Mouth, if when I went and saw them, I was 14 years old. They were playing a summer festival. They were on tour with Sister Hazel. Like I said, late 90s, living the heyday. Yeah. And and my brother discovered Cowboy Mouth because he lived in New Orleans. Cowboy Mouth was a New Orleans band. Sent me the CD, loved the CD, go see them. I show up an hour before they go on stage and it's this sort of street festival show and they were actually setting up their own equipment. So I'm in my oversized cowboy mouth t-shirt, my cowboy mouth hat. I meet the, and the drummer is the lead singer, Fred LeBlanc, um, really talented musician. So I met Fred before the show, got him to sign my shirt, my CD, my hat, and, you know, chatted with him a bit or whatever. And at the end of the show, Fred pulls me on stage to play drums with him. Whoa. So that was the start of a very strange relationship with this band. And then when they would come back to my hometown of St. Louis, you know, I'd be able to see them before the show. Fred would pull me on stage at the end of the show. And I, we, we did this, I don't know, it was like four or five times, whatever it was. And then, you know, like I turned into a teenager. I'm not some cute, dorky little kid anymore with a baby face. And like, it's, you know, they found some other little kid to bring on stage. I get it. That's fine. So like, I'm not going to ask him to play my living room. I just text Fred when is sound check. And when a band doesn't make it big, you can do these kinds of things. Like, I'm, you know, I'm not, it's not like I'm some cool in with the band type thing. Like they just, they, they, they never had the mega moment of success. They came close, but it wasn't there. So I got to know Fred and, and Paul Sanchez, who's no longer with the band, and, and John Thomas Griffith, who still is. Like I, I just got to know them over 20 years of watching this band, and then you follow them in high school and in college, and I would pop up when I was living in different parts of the country working minor league hockey, and they would come to town. I'd see them. So there's just this weird thing where – you know, my brother went to college with one of the roadies and then he discovered them in New Orleans and would see them. And then I end up on stage with this random band that has a random song on the radio and it sort of snowballed. And the long convoluted way I'm getting to the wrong side of this way too <laughs> in-depth story. I mean, you can hear the excitement in your voice. Of. You can hear this. It is. It's, it, look, look, I the only people who know more about this band than me as the band. All right. It's as simple <laughs> as that. So when, when the song Jenny says came on the radio, this is why nobody's ever heard of Cowboy Mouth. They were signed to MCA records and they have this song and they had a really good following and what I'll call the South, the, the SEC, the Southeastern part of the country, Texas, all the way to Georgia, up to maybe Missouri, Kentucky, Tennessee, because that's the main area they tour. They're, they're based in New Orleans, right? So they're building up steam and MCA records. I don't even know if MCA records is around anymore. They might've been bought by somebody. MCA records has to make a choice in 1997. Who are we going to put our money behind? 
to promote nationally. This band Cowboy Mouth and their single Jenny Says, or this band Chumbawamba with a song called Tub Thumping. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, fast forward to 2023. I think it's pretty obvious which song got the money and the promotion behind <laughs> it because Tub Thumping is still played yep. at arenas today yeah. and on every bad Spotify one-hit wonder playlist. Like, it, it's obvious who won that battle. Yeah, you get knocked down and get up again. Yeah, well, yeah, it, they, you know, they try to get up again, but they, <laughs> Cowboy Mouth didn't quite. They, they, they've had a great, they've had a great run of success. They still tour nationally today because of the, because of how strong their live show was. But yeah, like, look, I told you people, this is going to be a long story yeah. about a band you never heard of. Right. Gavin opened the Cowboy Mouth. I did. Door, so blame Gavin. This is, this is what you get. When, you know, you do your research because we also, that now leads us into the other Brian Ray fact was Brian was a part of the now defunct Denver Cutthroats. First of all, yeah. what a name. I mean, I don't oh, know if that man. name would exist today, correct? It, it's, well, so the, the, the cutthroat trout is the state fish of Colorado. There you go. And the reason it's called the cutthroat trout is there's a, it's a pinkish line that wraps around its chin, essentially. Like if you look, you think of a fish, you know, fish don't have chins, but right below the mouth, that little underbelly part, they have a pink line hmm. that wraps around that. It literally looks like the, a line across the throat and it happens to be pinkish red. So it's called the cutthroat trout. Fascinating. I, and I'm a fisherman, and I didn't know that. Yeah. So, so that, that, what was the mascot name, called? Gil. Okay. I designed the mascot. You did? Yeah. Nice. So, so, like, this is this is the most like minor league sports is a completely different galaxy. Yep. Than major league sports, it, it's and it, it's I, it, I don't know. It, it, I feel like kind of a, a jerk saying it, but like. If you've lived it, you get it. If you haven't, you don't. And like, I, I hate being, you know, disclusive, you know, saying something like that. So, you know, I, when I worked for the team, I was the broadcaster, the PR guy, the web, the social, and I had designed the mascot because it was a brand new team. So, uh, yeah, we were going through names, and I think we did a, a name the name the mascot contest and all that. But look, your mascot's a fish. How do you not name it Gill? You know, it's a great name. It's a really, really, yeah. really cool name. So that team was around for two years. Two years. Yeah. Two 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 years, but I only made it one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> at the at the end of you. So at the end of uh, <laughs> um, when the team began. It was there was the partial lockout. God, it might have been it might have been the 2012. There was a partial lockout or a delay to the start of the season. So the the ownership spent gobs of money trying to promote the team, knowing that there was no NHL hockey going on at the start of the year. You want to try and get as many hockey fans to come see your product as possible. And here's an opportunity. Well, it's still a low double A minor league franchise in a major metropolitan city. So you don't get to pay minor league prices if you're a minor league team in Denver, Colorado. 
so at the end of year one, I was a a major budget cut casualty. <laughs> so, you know, I had it, I had a blast that year. I lived yeah. in Denver. It was one of the best years of my minor league life. Uh, you know, I was not happy to I was not happy to get axed at the end. I was kind of like, well, I know where you could have you know better budgeted your dollars. Always. But- <laughs> yeah, and, and you know what? For Brian's travels uh, in the Central Hockey League, they include the Austin Ice Bats the Odessa Jackalopes, the Arizona Sundogs. We talked about the cutthroats. And uh, then he joined the Texas Stars. So when you joined Texas and you went up to the American League, you must have thought to yourself, like, all right, now we've taken a nice step. Yes. So uh, I'm going to throw one quick anecdote because you'll, you'll never find it on the Wikipedia page or my resume. I actually was, I also worked for the Lubbock Cotton Kings. Whoa. In the Central Hockey All right. So, okay. That's not on your resume. And I did not see that with my crack research department. So what happened there and why isn't it on your resume? So, so I'll, I'll just, I'll walk, I'll I'll walk you, I'll, I'll walk you through this. So I was hired by Lubbock in May of 07 to work to be their broadcast PR guy, et cetera. Uh, then they went out of business in July. Literally three, they hired me and then went out of, they closed their doors three months after hiring. And did you move there? Um, yeah. So, so that is when I luckily got hired by the Austin ice bats. Okay. They were, they were kind of like, all right, you kind of got posed in this situation. I'm like, hey, you think <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm 24 years old. I just moved from Missouri to Texas trying to get a minor league hockey career started in this bomb gets dropped on me so yeah so lubbock went out of business austin went out of business odessa's still going strong today but they dropped to junior hockey or they were going to go out of business arizona went out of business one year after i left denver went out of business one year after i left so you know the joke i had you mentioned the texas stars the joke i had with my boss was look either i'm the bad luck guy just murdering these franchises each one i go to (laughs) Or, or they are, they have saved me from minor league hockey. I'll, I'll say hell. It's a podcast. Sure. <laughs> minor league hockey hell. And I finally get a chance to work for a stable franchise. The Texas stars are still around. So clearly I was not the bad luck guy. Yeah. And yeah. A- absolutely. Wait, 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 they, they were the ultimate life, lifeboat. <laughs> trying <laughs> to survive minor league broadcasting and hockey. All right. The last thing on minor leagues. Give us a name that we would know that you covered in these markets. That's like, wow, I didn't know that that person was there. With the Texas Stars? Either the Texas Stars or the Jackalopes, someone that, you know, made it. That, oh, wow. Because okay. I'll, I'll, get, I'll, give, um, I'll give you mine with, the, you know, the Houston Arrows. Uh, I mean, Charlie Coyle looked wonderful. Scandella looked wonderful. There yeah, was this there was so this goalie that was Anton Hudobin who you know one game looked amazing the next game you know you're like I, I just don't know if this person's going to make it so that Hudobin probably would be mine. Yeah, well let's all right so let's let's flip this the other way. All right. So like I mean Houston that's that's AHL even yep. WHL days. Yep. That's one like you should see players graduate from Houston when they were around to Correct. the NHL. Yep. And it's the same thing with the Texas Stars. Like that, that it's a true development model now. So like, you know, uh Fox, uh, Lindell, Jason Dickinson, um, 
you know, they were all down. Steven Johns was there when I was there. Uh, Jake Ottinger got there right after I got there. Jason Robertson was there as an amateur finishing his junior hockey and just working out with the AHL team. So like I met Jason Robertson, he did, he probably wouldn't remember beating me because he was just lifting weights and skating and practicing with the team. He wasn't playing games. So there, I've had a lot of crossover from the Texas stars to the Dallas stars. Um, the fun one I'll give you is I had 12 games of John Klingberg before he never came back. Oh, okay. Like he, yeah, like he, he came over for, to play in North America full time from Sweden. I think he had double hip surgery or hip surgery. So he comes over, starts the season with us. My first year, this is 14, 15 after 12, it, I think it was either he had like nine points in 12 games or 12 points in nine games, something like that. But like after those nine to 12 games, he gets called up and then lo and behold, pulls that filthy toe drag off the faceoff with against Arizona and snaps it. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it has that highlight real goal and it never came back. And then after that gets that eight year deal for the 4.25 million or whatever to stay. And that was, so we had John Klingberg for 12 games. I had Devin Shore for like oh, 10 yeah. games. Yeah. He shredded the American league and disappeared. Yeah. So, but, but, but when you work in the central league, it's almost like, who do you have that made it, but like barely made it. So I had a player in Odessa named Dave Van Drunen, who's on the, mythical list of players to play one NHL game and never play another one. Hmm. So he got there for one game with the Ottawa senators and never got back primarily an American league guy. Uh, I think his roommate was Mike Fisher. The one game he was up. Oh, wow. Husband. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, you know, there was, there was a couple of guys. um, Dan Perrier, who's a scout. I think with the Avalanche, yep. he played one season in the Central League, but was primarily an American League guy. Had a little bit of taste in the NHL. Uh, you know what? To go to go uh, like the DFW route, Jason Deitch, who played for the Allen Americans for for a handful of years, mm-hmm. he was a big he was a big time player in the Central League, but would have his cup of coffee in the American League, and for some reason would never stick. You know, so I. I have a lot of the reverse, the guys yeah. who were there and then sort of just tailed out their career at, at the very end. Of Did the, you have Honka uh, in Texas? Yeah. I, yeah, I had, yeah. Yes. When I, when I had him, he was Julius Honka. Then I came up here and he was Julius. Yeah. And I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no, you can't be Julius with me for three years or yeah. four years. And it, like, what are you, what are you doing, man? <laughs> so yeah, I, yeah, I had honks. Yeah, I, I enjoyed Hogstown. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Yeah, I mean, man, I was watching film on him and everything, and I don't want to say, you know, I didn't label him a can't miss, but I said, this kid's going to be good, this kid's going to be good, and, you know, it just didn't materialize. But that's something else besides looking at the salary cap I enjoy is is, is looking at the tape and – I always say, and as a person who's covered the CHL and the AHL like you have, I really start to judge at the AHL level because to me, as much as I love the USHL, the you know Quebec's league or the WHL or uh, those junior leagues, there's a, so much open ice 
you know, but when you come to Texas or something, it just tightens it up. And I've talked to Craig about that as well. That's when you see, you know, how good Jay, uh, you know, Ottinger could be or Jason Robertson. So, you know, as much as I, you know, love it, but when it comes to Texas, to me, that's when you can see, because really a lot of those players, I don't know if you agree, Brian, but you know, it just comes down to consistency why they're not in the big leagues. It is. And man, I, 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 I could go for days on, on this. Um, the, the level, the, 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 the jump you have to make from the ECHL to the AHL, it is still a wide gap. And the jump you have to make from the AHL to the NHL and consistency is the word. It, it, it is a big part of it. There's still a, a pretty measurable gap in, in the talent and the details you deal with from the AHL to, to the NHL. And since you mentioned, you know, Robertson and Rope hints, I, I'll, I'll, let's put three players out there. Okay. Robertson hints and Dennis Gurionov mm-hmm. and, and, and Rope Hintz and Dennis Gurionov, I had every day in the American League. And I, you know, I, I root for those players as hard as anybody because of the relationship I had with them in the American League. Jason Robertson as well. I just didn't know Jason Robertson yeah. on a personal level in the American League the way I knew Hintz and Gurionov. All three of those players were 20 goal scorers in the American Hockey League. And and I thought, all right, there, there's offense to touch there. Like, you know, if you're scoring 20 to 25 goals, you know, in, in the American League, like you, you do have some offensive skill. But that does not – I did not see Jason Robertson as a 20 – whatever 20-plus goals he scored in the American League turning to 40 in the NHL. Like that – there was clearly – his ceiling still had room to be pushed higher and and he has clearly maximized that. Same with Rope Hints. I saw his 20 plus goals in the American League. That I did not immediately think, well, that's going to be 37 goals in the NHL. I did not see that. Dennis Kurianov, the 20 goals in the American League, we saw the season of 20 up here in the NHL, mm-hmm. but we also have seen the inconsistency in the struggles. And it's so hard to predict yeah. which player has their ceiling at one spot. And which player has another two levels to go before he reaches his ceiling? And part of it could be physical, part of it could be mental, part of it could be a combination. And that's where, you know, scouting and drafting and developing, it all plays a huge part of it. But it's just so hard to predict what player is going to be that make that jump from the American league to the NHL and then make another step once they get to the NHL. And and there's been players that I've seen play full seasons at the NHL level. And then they go down to the American league because their team missed the playoffs. You know, take uh, Anaheim, for instance, Anaheim will probably send a player or two down after this season is done. If their AHL affiliate is going to compete in the playoffs because they want them playing games and continuing to play in, in high stress situations. I've seen players that play a full season in the NHL come down to the American league and they disappear. You're like, how did you just play 55 games in the NHL against that level of competition? But you come down here and you just disappear. Yeah. And and part of that, you know, is it mental? Is it motivation? Is it, there's so many indicators that are so hard to predict sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. It really can be 
yeah, it, it really can be a crapshoot sometimes. And you talk some you point, talk about so. you had a relationship with with Gurianov and, and and people forget coming off the Nachushkin where I need to be in the NHL, I won't go down to the AHL. And then you had a guy, and one of the things I was excited about when I watched Gurionov and World Juniors, how well he skated down the wing for Team Russia. And, and then finding out that he wanted to play here and he wanted to learn English and he wanted to do it the right way. And I know we look at the person you know, in the NHL that unfortunately has been too inconsistent but the backstory, and you would know better than many, being at the Texas Stars of Denis Gurionov, to me is pretty fascinating. So I'll I'll tell you Denis Gurionov's story, and and hopefully for for the real diehard Stars fans, they'll enjoy this. This is a Denis Gurionov AHL story, and look, I'm going to put the disclaimer: I am going to impersonate a very bad Russian accent. <laughs> Dennis Gurionov. It's purely out of. I just. I want to put the disclaimer okay, out there. Let's okay. not right, fire I, Brian Ray. We yes, like Brian okay. Ray. And and Dennis Gurionov knows this story, and he would. He, he's the first person to laugh at me. So I I apologize in advance for my very poor impersonation. But Denny Denny came over to us when I was in Texas, and obviously this is you know a a twenty year old kid, barely speaks English new country, new cultures, new environment, everything. And you do not get a translator in the American Hockey League. All right, let's just put it at that. So he is at the mercy of what English he knows. And 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 I remember, you know, it, it when you're the PR guy or the broadcaster and you're working with some of these guys, you know, yes, they're developing on the ice, but they have to do interviews. They have to be in front of the camera. The media is a part of the life and the job. So that is another part that they are developing and working with. And Dennis Gurionov was no different. So we go the whole season. Denny is terrified to give interviews. And slowly but surely, you know, he has a good game. You know, I would stand next to him. I would, you know, help him understand the questions or try to, you know, relay them or shorten words, whatever. But we just slowly but surely, interview by interview, you know, worked with him on this stuff. And also he was he was taking English lessons on his own. This in no way did I teach Dennis Gurionov English. He did that on his own with a tutor and a translator and and he worked on his own time to to really get a command of the English language. But we're working with these interviews. So we get to the end of the season. And he gets called up. And I don't think he appeared in a game. This 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 might have been like 15, 16, maybe, 16, 17, you know, around that time. Uh, but he's practicing with the team, you know, he's he, you know, participating in morning skates, whatever. And he gets called up. Day one, practice is over. He's the first round pick, the new kid in town. He's got the media surrounding him, and everybody wants to talk to him. And, you know, he gets asked his questions, does great, answers the questions, does a good job, you know, looks good, looks comfortable, whatever. I want, you know, I went on the Stars website, the Dallas Stars website, watched the video, the whole thing. He goes up there, a couple of days go by, they send him back down. You know, he got his taste practicing, they send him back down. And I see him, the first day he's back, I walk into the locker room, and I'm like, hey, Denny. And, I mean, he just... He like smacks me on the shoulder. 
probably harder than he thought because of how excited he was. But he just goes, bro, you see my interview? <laughs> and, I, and I look at him, I go, I did. I'm like, yeah, daddy, I saw it. You did really well. And he holds out for the fist bump and he goes, you and me, we practice. <laughs> and, 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 for the, and like, like I, I just, I was dying laughing. Oh, that's like, great. Yeah, it was all you. It was all you. Like, yeah, we practiced. I'm like, that was you. It's, he was so proud of the work he put in off the ice. And then like he did his interview and he felt good with also. It's just like, how do you not root for players like that? And yes, right. on the ice, he's had his inconsistencies. And I, I, I just hope and pray he can, he can just find that next step in his game. But getting back to our original conversation of that jump, you know, you net, you just, it's hard to tell what players have hit their ceiling and still have a way to go. And when do you know that a player has reached his maximum potential or he still has a little bit to give? It's so hard to predict and find that indicator despite what efforts they may or may not put on and off the ice to try and achieve that. And so, yeah, it's, those are, those are the stories that I take away from my time at the Texas stars that I just, I, I still laugh at now even talking to you about them. That is uh, great. You've been listening to and, spits and suds. And, and uh, I apologize for the accent. Den- Den- no, it was a good, it was decent. It was, it was decent. <laughs> I, I don't know if it would make Jack Ryan season three accent, but it was decent. No. You know, it was it was okay. It was not in a mocking style, and it's a terrific story. Um, Brian, this has been terrific getting to know you for Stars fans because we see you on camera, and you and Sevy have a great relationship and everything, but I love off-camera Brian Ray, and it's been great that we could take the time and get to know you and talk Stars and uh, find out your passion for things like Cowboy Mouth, your trials and tribulations throughout the minors, the fact that you built a mascot, the fact that you know what a cutthroat is. I mean, you're a beast, brother, and uh, hopefully we will have you back on again, and I will have to do some even more deep-diving research on the man that we watch on television known as Brian Ray. You know, there's there's a lot of... There's a lot you can find on my social media between uh, comments, captions, and, and photos. So there's your... There's your sleuthing skills if you want to take care of that. But no, it's been fun. I'm, I'm glad you had me on. It's uh, I, I enjoy the podcast and happy new year to you, to all the listeners. And obviously it's going to be a fun stretch drive as we get into February, March, and April with this team. There's a lot of drama that still remains to be unfolded. So it's going to be fun. Heck yeah. And we will have a new episode of Spits and Suds likely tomorrow with the beast of the NHL. Sean Shapiro. So we'll talk to you again tomorrow right here on Spits and Suds. Have a great day, everybody.